Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we're going to be discussing three common mistakes that people make that can leave their surviving spouse up a creek without a paddle. To all the women listening in today, statistically speaking, that is you. So I want you to stay tuned. Also, we're going to be sharing a unique way to prepare for potential health care costs to help ensure that one spouse doesn't bankrupt the other spouse. The answer might surprise you. And lastly, we'll discuss how to determine how much it costs to be you while implementing strategies to help you keep up with inflation. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice, of course, come from Brian Evans, CEO and President of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear that, Brian. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Brian, according to the Social Security Administration, 80%, 80% of women will outlive their spouses. How does this play a factor when you're creating a retirement plan? Well, it's true that women tend to outlive the men. And we're talking about uh, this show is going to be, you know, 80% directed at the women they're listening and 20% directed at the men because 20% of men outlive their spouses too. So in any financial planning, we see one spouse outliving the other. I mean, just think about it. Do you know any widows? Do you know any widowers? Do you know any widows that were widows for a lot of years? And do you know any that are struggling financially? And the answer would be yes to all of those. So when we put together a plan at Madrona Financial and CPAs, it's really focused on putting a plan that works for him in the statistical analysis where the woman outlives the man. So we want a plan that works for him, but is built to support her. So when couples come to us to help them put together a well-rooted plan that's designed to last 30 plus years, we often find three mistakes or blind spots. The first myth or mistake we find is that they think if my spouse passes away, my lifestyle expenses are going to be cut in half, but that's just not true. So when we do a a financial plan, we do not cut the expenses in half because a lot of expenses stay the same. Uh, Any payments you have, property taxes stay the same. Your tax rate didn't drop, so your taxes probably aren't really dropping at all. Cable bills stay the same. Phone bills stay the same. I could go on and on. But uh, it's it's a myth that expenses are going to drop dramatically when one person passes away. But it's really important to consider, uh, you know, on this show, it's it may start sounding like marriage uh, uh, advice because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're thinking about the other person. Uh, right. So this is both financial and uh, relational advice today because, uh, you know, thinking about the other person, your spouse, is, is so critical in financial planning. So... When we uh, put together a a framework or strategy for uh, what we do here, when we put together a financial plan for both people, for, for the couple, is to build a lifestyle plan that calculates the income for the rest of the younger person's life. Now think about this for a second. 
I said to the younger person, well, why is that? Well, that person statistically is going to outlive the older person, especially if it's a woman because their life expectancy is longer. And so if somebody passes away first, uh, when that happens, you know, that person doesn't need income anymore. They're not here anymore. So the financial plan, if it wasn't uh, focused on the surviving spouse, we may have a problem. So that's uh, another thing we want to address in this show. So we have to, you know, the first uh, step in uh, the seven steps is to create a lifestyle plan. And really what that is, is focused on generating many different ways of getting income in retirement and not just income at retirement. This is income. Again, we're focusing on stuff that people may not want to think about when one of the spouses passes away. We're focusing income. What is that income going to look like when one spouse is gone? And what if that spouse is gone and the surviving spouse has a lot of years to go? Well, then that can be an issue. So our financial plans at Madrona Financial CPH really focus on uh, the first step, lifestyle planning for both people and especially the person that's going to be here after their spouse passes away. Brian, how much of a dip in expenses do you typically plan for and how long do you run these plans out for in terms of age? Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of variables here because there there might be some dip, but it's not again, it's not going to be that much in my experience. So we we certainly will keep the living expenses at at least 75% of what they were when both of you were around. Income taxes aren't necessarily going to drop. So it's really the expense side. Now, we have to focus on the income side too because we know social security is going to change when a spouse passes away and there's a lot of social security planning we want to do early. We want to do it now so that when that day comes, we've made the right decisions on Social Security and having that sustained for the surviving spouse. There's pension issues, but for most of the rest of your assets and and income, those are uh, generally going to be unchanged in retirement. Uh, Hopefully, if you set this thing up right, if you haven't, then you're not going to. If you haven't even set things up for income in retirement, then that's not going to work out so good. So those are some of the things that we look at when doing a financial plan. So, Brian, how long do you typically run these plans out for? Yeah, that's that's another uh, variable. Obviously, when we're doing a financial plan, uh, gee, all I need to know is how long you each are going to live, <laughs> what your quality of health going to be during those years, right. what's the stock market going to do for the rest of our lives, and what are tax rates going to be twenty years from now, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there are there are a lot of educated guesses going on here, and so we might start with an educated guess of you know we want to say ninety years old. Well, what if I don't live that long? Well, if it can last till ninety, it'll last till less than ninety. You know, your financial plan. But we ask everybody, you know, everybody knows they got health history in their family. And they, you know, I've had people say 110. Wow. I've had people say, uh, I got, you know, five years left. You know, mm-hmm. it, it depends on the person. Generally, you know, we'll, we'll put it at 90, knowing that that generally covers most people. But uh, statistically, a lot of people are going to live past 90. So right. uh, it's up to the person to let us know. You know, there's two things. I don't know how long you're going to live. You probably know better than I do what that looks like. And as we're going to talk later on the show, what does it cost to be you? I don't know that. So that's <laughs> something I also need to get from the uh, client that we're doing the financial plan for. Well, with better medicine and the nutritional information that we have today, Brian, as you said, people are living longer than ever. I've got an aunt who is 105 years old. And she's in very good shape, and we expect her to live at least another five years or so. As a matter of fact, she could be the oldest living woman on the planet. We'll wait and see. 
Brian, not everybody has a pension. As a matter of fact, very few people have pensions these days. So how do you go about designing an income plan considering that fact? Yeah, one of the things I'd love when I look at a financial plan that we've done, when we look at the income breakdown for the rest of their life, I have lots of columns of income. Uh, maybe they have a pension, maybe they don't. Uh, Social Security is obviously one of them. I love to see annuities. Uh, maybe there's some dividends. Active real estate, passive real estate, uh, equity REITs, uh, credit REITs, Delaware Statutory Trust. There's just lots of different areas where income can come from. And, and that uh, really, again, makes me feel great when I can see all these different columns of cash flow coming in for the rest of their lives. That makes a lot of sense, Brian. To our listeners, if you haven't discussed how to bridge the gap once a spouse passes or you're just not sure whether or not your retirement income strategies have been set up and optimized correctly, or maybe you or your significant other just don't see eye to eye on how you're approaching retirement, then listen up because this is for you. I want you to consider having a conversation with our team of advisors and CPAs who are trained to help you create a retirement plan that's designed to sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. It's not only going to help you organize and optimize your income strategies so that you can potentially enjoy more income while our CPAs help implement tax minimization strategies, but our team is also going to walk you through all seven steps towards a successful retirement. Jeff, I want to jump in here. I've got an example of somebody I met with recently when we talk about planning for the second to die. We were meeting with this couple. They were newly married and uh, I started talking about that. We really got to plan for her. We really got to plan for her. And she was like, no, 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 it's for both of us. We're both in great shape. We're both going to live to be 90s, uh, whatever. And, and so we're going to be fine. We don't need to concentrate on me. And I said, reminded her, um, how old are you? And she said, well, 45. And how old is he? 65. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well, if you both live to be 90, you have 20 years on this planet without him. Wow. And she just looked at me like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. 20 years without him? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, you can see the light bulb go off saying, this is why we have to plan for the second to die specifically to make sure they have the lifestyle they want when you're not around anymore. So that's why I was talking about the, you know, earlier in this show how important that is. And especially any women listening, if you're younger than your spouse, which statistically is the average, and your life expectancy is longer, let's just say it's it's five years longer and you're five years younger. Well, that's 10 years right there that we have to statistically plan for without your spouse and to provide that income and all the seven steps during that 10 years when your spouse may not be here. Good point, Brian. Remember, even the mightiest of trees fall because their roots just aren't deep enough. So make sure your retirement plan has deep roots by scheduling a 30-minute call with our CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and CPAs. All you've got to do is go to madronafinancial.com, click on the button right there in the middle that says Get Started to request a no-cost 30-minute call so you can discuss what you want and gain insight as to what it's going to take to potentially get you what you want and need. Go to madronafinancial.com and click on the button to get started today. Our advisors and CPAs are available to help you take the seven steps towards a successful retirement. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. My name is Jeff Shade, and we've just finished discussing the first three common mistakes that people make when it comes to planning for the surviving spouse. The first myth addressed the importance of planning for consistent income even after the first spouse passes. Brian, what is the second common mistake that people make? 
Yeah, I'd say myth number two is all about taxes. And there's all kinds of taxes, but we'll focus on income tax and also estate tax, I guess, too. But uh, this is a serious blind spot in many people's retirement plans. The reality is your taxes may significantly change when you become a party of one. When somebody passes away uh, before that, uh, we're in the married filing joint brackets. Afterwards, let's say that your income was set up to sustain uh, after the first uh, of the spouses passed, but you realize, oh my gosh, I'm in the single bracket now. My taxes actually went up. So here's an example of where your expenses after the first spouse has passed go up and not down, but, but actually uh, increase. And that happens a lot more than people think. And that can be a, a real issue because of all of your expenses in retirement, taxes are probably your biggest one. So I just said your biggest ex- expense could go up after the first spouse <laughs> passes away. Well, we all know, Brian, that you just can't get around taxes. And of course, you can't get around death either. So what do you do, Brian? Yeah, we put together a tax minimization plan uh, that has a goal of finishing the amount you want to minimize by the age the older spouse is expected to pass. So when they do, most of the income from the surviving spouse has been planned for, whether it's tax-free, and there's a couple ways to do that. I'm not just talking about tax-free income. I'm talking about planning around the step-up in basis. That's a, uh, an area of the law that a lot of people just don't get. In fact, a quick story on that. I was talking to one of my advisors, and they were talking to the second biggest custodian in the world, and they were telling him how when dad passes, who had dementia, when he passes, his corporation is going to get a step-up in basis, and they're giving tax advice. I was just shaking my head. Please don't be giving tax advice. You're a custodian. Right. You're not a CPA. <laughs> And so there are so many mistakes uh, that are made out there, and it's not an easy task. Uh, It takes detailed planning to be able to plan ahead on your income taxes. It's especially difficult because tax brackets and laws are constantly changing, and you have to know kind of you know where the where the puck is is going to be because you got you got to plan ahead. So you know if you've done the work and you're with the right people, you got CPAs looking at this stuff. When implemented correctly, uh, proper goal-based tax minimization can help alleviate the potential increase in taxes when the first person passes. So, Brian, how many people do you meet that actually go to this level of planning? Uh, Do you mean before they become clients here or after? (laughs) Before, I'd say that's a big goose egg. I've never seen it. I've never never seen advisors, you know, ask for the tax returns, run them through an analysis, sit down and go through all the, the planning opportunities. I just haven't seen that. Certainly after uh, they become clients, I see that uh, number closer to 100% because that's what we do here. So uh, that was pretty much a layup there, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't see it happening uh, with people. And that's, you know, that's why they're coming to see us, I would suspect. Brian, how does your tax planning influence their overall quality of life? Well, there's a lot of things around tax planning because you don't want to make the big mistakes. You don't want to make the, gee, I, I gifted something I shouldn't have. Uh, you know, I talked about the step up in basis. That's a huge area of the law. I won't get into detail on the radio today on that. But whether it's the credit shelter trust provisions, a step up, uh, maximizing the lowest brackets you have year by year. If you're working with a financial advisor or you're doing it yourself and you're not pulling your next year's tax return information together, to calculate your brackets and figure out what you should be doing year by year during the year, 
then you're probably missing a huge opportunity. And these things kind of compound on each other. If you uh, make a good decision this year and next year and the year after and the year after, and you do that year over year and decade over decade, you're going to be a lot better positioned financially. I mean, way better. The compounding effect of making good decisions is huge. Conversely, the compounding effect of missing those opportunities is just as huge. So I just think this is so vitally important and something we just see not done enough uh, in financial planning. Talking with Ryan Evans of Adrona Financial and CPAs, and we're discussing a well-rooted plan that's designed to last 30 years and a plan that often finds three mistakes or blind spots. Brian, what is the third most common mistake that people make when it comes to the surviving spouse? Yeah, I would say the third myth is that after you pass away, everything's going to go hunky-dory just according to the way you wanted it to go when, again, after you've passed. And (laughs) that just doesn't always happen. There are all kinds of errors and mistakes that can be made with estates. Again, you're, you're not here anymore to take care of that. Now, half the people I meet with don't even have an updated will or living trust, so it's going to be up to other people to make decisions as to where your assets go. One of the biggest ones I've seen is where they think, all right, well, you know, I raised kids with my wife. Uh, if I pass away, uh, you know, she's going to manage your assets well, she'll be the executor, and the money uh, when she passes will go to our kids, and no problem. Well, <laughs> boy, have I seen a lot of problems with that. Uh, we'll start with a remarriage. What happens if a remarriage happens, which I see happen a lot? You don't think it's going to happen. You know, I talk to people, well, yeah, my husband's sick. I'm never going to remarry and all that stuff, and he passes, and two years later, they're remarried. And there's kids coming from the the new spouse, and maybe the new spouse didn't have a lot of financial assets. So I I won't get into all the the nuances of that, but I'm sure you can follow along as to some of the problems there. Uh, What about, I want to leave the money to my kids, but maybe they've gotten married to someone that uh, their their marriage isn't good, and there's a divorce brewing there, and you want to protect those assets. So I I don't have the the 10 hours I would need to go through all this, Jeff. Mm -hmm. I can just say, though, that uh, trust planning, estate planning, gift planning, these are all parts of, of the seven steps to successful retirement and beyond, in this case, that have to be addressed because the myth is that everything's going to go just according to plan when you're not here. And I would say that is something I rarely see happen where it goes according to plan. Brian, it occurs to me that what's interesting is that all three of these common mistakes seem very different from one another. One's about bridging the income gap and the other's about deliberate tax planning. And the last one's about legally setting up the estate so that people's wishes are fulfilled after they pass. Retirement planning just really seems overly complicated. How do you see it? Well, I don't see it as overly complicated. I just see it as as an opportunity more, uh, opportunity to get things right. And one of the problems in our industry is that I've seen uh, a lot of situations where a financial planner will say, you know, I do comprehensive financial planning, I'll sell you an annuity. I'm like, okay, well, that helps with my cash flow, uh, but that's only one step. You know, maybe it helps with security too. That's two steps out of the seven. What about the rest? Well, I can't really address that, and I'm not a CPA. So out of the three myths that I brought up, uh, it occurs to me, Jeff, as I'm looking at them, two of them can only be done with a CPA added to the mix. 
And I just mentioned that that's rare. That I, I rarely see that uh, in the world of financial planning and financial plans. So I'm always perplexed by how people get the right results without implementing the, a tax plan and an estate plan, which again is, is estate taxes and, and trusts and, and, and all that kind of stuff, having that experience to, to know what the what ifs and, and what the problems could be plan for that and then solve that before uh, that time comes where it's too late. So just a comment there, Jeff, out of the, out of the three uh, myths that we talked about, two of them are right around that income tax area. It makes a lot of sense, Brian, for our listeners today. If you feel that maybe you haven't put in the necessary time, maybe you haven't asked all the right questions. Maybe there are a few blind spots that you can feel in your gut, but you just can't explain. Or maybe you use some free online planning tool provided by your bank or brokerage. Consider for a moment that maybe you have an oversimplified approach that may be putting more of your retirement and quality of life at risk than is necessary. Can you imagine having to go back to work in your middle 80s or having to sell your home or move Moving with the kids because you miss something? Well, unless you're working with an advisor and a CPA, chances are there could be several blind spots. Consider having a conversation with our team of advisors and CPAs at Madrona Financial and CPAs. They're trained to help you create a retirement plan that's designed to sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. They'll not only help you create and implement a multi-year tax strategy, but they'll also plan to help you review your estate documents so it can be confirmed that your trust has been funded correctly. Jeff, uh, let me interject here because, you know, it sounds like uh, these financial plans, boy, that's sounds like a lot of work and that sounds uh, kind of like going to the dentist or something like that. It doesn't have to be that way. Actually, people that go through the process just totally enjoy it and they are so feel so good afterwards. I mean, just think about it. If, if you've gone through all the steps and you're with your spouse, you're, you're on vacation, you're on the beach, whatever, and you're, you're just reflecting on, gosh, we took care of our lifestyle plan. We know where our cash flow is going to be and we know where it's going to come from when, when one of us isn't here anymore. We know that we've invested for growth and we have security built into our plan in case COVID happens or or a recession or inflation, oh, all the things that did happen. We have a tax plan. We know that we're minimizing our income taxes for the rest of our life and looking at that every year. A healthcare plan in case something goes wrong there. We've taken care of the gifting plan with trusts and all of that. And we have a legacy plan built into this for our kids, our charities, and, and all the what-ifs and keeping our estate taxes down. Imagine how good you feel when you've got all that in place. So I, I did want to just interject. I, I know it sounds like a lot of work and it's you know, really hard. And it is a lot of work, but it's good work. And it makes you feel awesome once you've gotten that done. Good point, Brian. Remember, even the mightiest of trees fall because their roots aren't deep enough. Make sure your retirement plan has deep roots by scheduling your 30-minute call with our CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and CPAs. Just go to madronafinancial.com, click on the button that says get started to request a no-cost 30-minute call so you can discuss what you want and gain insight as to what it's going to take to potentially get you what you need. Go to madronafinancial.com, click on the button that says get started today. Our advisors and CPAs are available to help you take the seven steps towards your successful retirement. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. My name is Jeff Shade, and we just finished discussing the three common mistakes that people make when it comes to planning for the surviving spouse. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be discussing a unique way to prepare for potential health care costs to help you ensure that one spouse doesn't bankrupt the other spouse. The answer might surprise you.
surprise you. And lastly, we'll discuss how to determine how much it costs to be you while implementing strategies to help you keep up with inflation. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Growing Your Wealth will be right back with even more ways to help sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. A journey begins with one step. Your retirement journey begins with seven steps. Get prepared for your retirement journey by grabbing a complimentary copy of Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement so you can sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. Text RADIO to 833-673-7373 right now to grab your digital or physical copy. Text RADIO right now to 833-673-7373 and discover the seven steps to a successful retirement. Tired of only getting half the story? That's why it's so important to get your financial information from a CPA and an advisor like Brian Evans. Now let's get back to some of the most comprehensive financial information around. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about health care costs and how they can bankrupt a healthier spouse. You know, Brian, researchers say that right now a retiree can expect to spend around, get this, $315,000 or so in retirement. That's just the average, though. It can be significantly more or less. Brian, how do you plan for an expense this big? Yeah, that's interesting. $315,000 on average. And the numbers part of me says, well, what if you know two people that spent nothing? Well, that means that one person spent $945,000 to average three fifteen dollars for the three of them. So yeah, it could be zero. It could be three fifteen. dollars It could be $945,000. We don't know what it's going to be. And I have to chuckle because some of the things we're talking about this on this show and, and doing a financial plan, I just said, you know, in the last segment, how rewarding it can be and how good you can feel once you've gotten all this stuff done. But it can be difficult just to get you know, off your chair and get that inertia going because, you know, we're talking about wills. Oh, that happens when I die. We're talking about a health care plan in, in case things go awry with my health. We're talking income taxes. Nobody likes to talk about that. Legacy plan, again, uh, after I pass. So there's a lot of things that uh, even a protection plan, what happens if the stock market crashes? So there's a lot of things that we talk about that are difficult. I want to you know, just put that out there. This is hard stuff to mm-hmm. address, but that's what we need to do if we're going to have a proper plan. Address that now so that you don't have to think about it and grind on it all the time going forward. So here we're talking about health care costs. You know, none of us know if we're going to need it or not. Are we going to have dementia for years and years? Are we going to just have a heart attack and pass away and never need any health care? I don't, you know, we don't know that. So part of a, a proper financial planning needs to address the, the fact that, well, most people do need some long-term care. In their mm-hmm. life, you know, it's above 50% statistically. If the average is $315,000, we better prepare for more than that just in case. So, you know, a lot of people just kind of turn a blind eye to that going, well, well, we'll address that when we get there. Well, once you get there, it may be too late. It's hard to address uh, health care issues and so forth when you have uh, dementia <laughs> right. or when you've had a, an event, a heart attack, a stroke or whatever it is. That's probably not the best time to start planning for that. So this one's kind of an easy call to say, let's at least talk about it, bring it up, talk about some of the options we have as they relate, uh, whether it's uh, your medical insurance, Medicare, 
or long-term care insurance. And as you said, Brian, it's a difficult topic to discuss, but when you really think about it, the decisions that you make today are really going to be so valuable later on in life when you cannot make those decisions for one reason or another. And when it comes to health care costs, I've got a friend whose mother suffered from ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, and for 18 months of care, he spent something like $260,000. So as you said, it could be less, but certainly it could be more. Brian, I hear people talking about traditional long-term care insurance. Is that the default? Eh, it's not ours. Traditional long-term care is that you pay monthly, like most insurances, but it goes up and it goes way up later in life. And I've run into this many times where older people say, well, I can't really afford this anymore. It's pretty much everything I make needs to go to that. So that is not something that we generally promote. We like the asset-based long-term care where we can put a chunk of money down and then it's there to help with long-term care if you need it. If you don't need it, then a significant portion of that original deposit goes to your heirs. And so I really like that as a form of insurance, probably one of the only forms of insurance where you can pay it and then actually get most of it back, I mean, guaranteed. And so I, I sure don't have that with my car insurance or my house insurance or, sure. or different kinds of insurances, but you can with long-term care. So that can be a really good uh, solution for that. And Brian, I think people misunderstand that Medicare is going to pay for everything, but it certainly is not going to pay for everything. And with most things, they go up in price as time goes on. So how do you approach the increasing cost of future health care? Well, certainly with a long-term care asset-based policy we'd put you in, we'd also select the rider that has an inflationary piece built into that to help with that. Now, generally speaking, when we put somebody into that, it's not to cover 100% of their long-term care needs. It's to take the bite out of it, really take it down to where it's a manageable thing if it needs to happen. And so it's a way to leverage your money later on potentially if you do need care. But again, most of the money that you've paid in can come back to your heirs uh, if you never need it. Brian, does everybody need asset-based insurance or can people self-insure? Yeah, with long-term care, I mean, it's, it's one of those uh, things that, you know, if you can afford it, you don't need it. If if you need it, you can't afford it. You know, I've heard that, but that's not really true. Uh, there are some people, you know, that's just not going to be part of the plan. They can't afford it. And there's a lot of people that think, well, I'll just self-insure. But when you think about it, again, you go back to my insurance analogy, this is the type of insurance that you can get uh, significant leverage on your money Yet, if you don't use it, it comes back to your state. And so it's kind of a special deal that you can't get with other kinds of insurances. So uh, certainly if you're Elon Musk or Bill Gates, you don't need long-term care insurance. you got plenty of money you can self-insure. And you know, if you got $20 million in the bank, yeah, you probably don't need this. You, know, you can self-insure. But most people we talk to, whether they have a couple million or five million or whatever they have, uh, wouldn't it be nice to know that uh, your estate is protected, and especially for your surviving spouse, that we have access to liquidity when you need it for long-term care? That's just part of that peace of mind. And, and again, sitting on that beach, looking at taking care of the seven steps, and one of those steps was we took care of 
What happens if one of us goes down for an extended period of time? Have we thought about that? Yes, we have. We've checked that box too. So it can just be a really good feeling for you. And again, it's not the kind of insurance that just goes away. Uh, your heirs can get that back. Brian, all that makes so much sense. For our listeners, if you feel that maybe your health care preparation is lacking, whether you put off the conversation or maybe you're second-guessing your current strategy, schedule a call or a visit with the advisors and CPAs at Madrona Financial and CPAs. You know, no one knows the future. No one is promised tomorrow, but we believe it's important to plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Healthcare planning is more than just a financial discussion. It's a proactive approach to help your future self be ready for whatever may come your way. When you go to madronafinancial.com and click on the button Get Started, you're going to be able to schedule a 30-minute call with our staff so that you can enjoy a conversational analysis focused not only on healthcare planning, but all seven steps to a successful retirement. Our advisors and CPAs are trained to help you create a retirement plan that's designed to sustain yourself and your wealth for 30-plus years. Yeah, Jeff, uh, that brings up an analogy I wanted to mention with the long-term care. I was thinking about traditional long-term care uh, looks inexpensive when you're younger, and you think, well, I can afford that. You know, that, that sounds really good. But really, because I mentioned that the cost can go way up when you're older, that's really just meant for very early uh, need for long-term care, early in life, not for later in life, long-term care. I equate that uh, analogy to life insurance. You can buy term life insurance. It's really cheap when you're younger, and if you die prematurely, uh, it can pay off, and that's great. It's not good for your later years because it runs out. It has a term, Mm -hmm. and that's why you do permanent insurance so that you can have a permanent life insurance policy or you can have tax-free cash flow in retirement. So I kind of equate the asset-based long-term care to permanent insurance, whereas the traditional long-term care is kind of a stock gap in your younger years, and I equate that to term life insurance, which is also a stop gap in your younger years. Again, good points, Brian. Remember, even the mightiest of trees fall because their roots just aren't deep enough. Make sure your retirement plan has deep roots by scheduling your 30-minute call with our CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and CPAs. Just go to madronafinancial.com, click on the button that says Get Started to request a no-cost, no-obligation, 30-minute call so you can discuss what you want and gain insight as to what it's going to take to potentially get you what you want and need. Go to madronafinancial.com, click on the button, get started today. Our advisors and CPAs, they're available to help you take the seven steps towards a successful retirement so that you can sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. My name is Jeff Shade, and we're just finishing discussing the three common mistakes that people make when it comes to planning for the surviving spouse and a unique way to tackle future health care costs. Catch what was just discussed and more by subscribing to this show wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, and you'll find more than 300 episodes there. There is bound to be one that's going to answer the question for you. Brian, before we jump into our last topic of the day, did you know that senior citizens are the fastest growing demographic on Facebook? Research studies done by the Pew Internet and American Life Project found that 
53% of Americans who are age 65 or older are online, and 34% of those numbers are on Facebook and similar social sites. Now, Brian, you've got kids, I've got kids, and I have heard this before. Facebook, that's for old people. (laughs) We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on all the other things, too. I understand that TikTok has been banned in at least one state right now. So I don't know. Do you feel like Facebook is for old folks out there or not? Well, probably the fact that I actually have a Facebook account says, yeah, it's probably for old people. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't suppose my, my two boys are, are on Facebook at all. Yeah. So, but I think it's really important, as we've discussed before, to socialize with people. And I think that if people can't get out as much, or even if they can get out, that if they're, you know, alone at night, they're trying to catch up with their friends and their family, social interaction using those social media sites such as Facebook can be very, very important. So, Brian, let's continue our discussion for today. Do you think your income typically goes up or down when you retire, and how much is enough? Well, what's interesting, a lot of my uh, retired clients uh, come to me and they go, you know, I have more spending money now than I had when I was working. My Social Security kicked in, maybe my pension, my annuities, my you put me in these equity and debt REITs, et cetera. I have all these different, uh, call it mailbox money, uh, money coming in every month you didn't have last month. And when you're working, it seemed like, well, gee, I was working, yeah, but my taxes were higher, my expenses, commuting, uh, kids were in school, they were going to college, I was putting money into my 401k plan, maxing that out. I really didn't have a lot of disposable income. But in retirement, I seem to have more disposable income. So that is a common theme. But one of the biggest things that we look at when we're doing a financial plan is the big question is, what does it cost to be you? So what does that mean, Brian? What does it cost to be you? I know who I am. You know who you are. But if our listeners are asking themselves, who am I? What does it cost to be me? What does that mean? Yeah, when we do a financial plan, there's a lot of, as I mentioned earlier on the show, there's a lot of variables and we do our best guess. You know, how long are you going to live? That's a variable. I don't know, but I know it's not going to be 150 and I'll assume it's not going to be, you know, really short. So we, we, we plan for a long time. Or I know maybe approximately what tax rates should be or inflation or Medicare costs or, or whatever it is, you know, we can we can get, you know, in the ballpark on a lot of things. But one of the things I do not know is how much do you spend to live the life you want to live? Uh, some people come to me and they'll say $30,000 a year. Hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's, if that gets you there, great. <laughs> and the next person might say uh, 300000 a year. And then uh, their spouse might go, well, actually, I, I just you know, computed it, we're spending 500000 a year. Wow. Ooh, you know, it, it can be very disparate. So I don't know that number, and I'm not going to set it for you <laughs> when you come in. I'm not going to tell you how much you should be living on. So we have to get uh, that figure, and that's probably the toughest figure to know how much it costs to be you, but that's a, a figure most people don't know. Brian, as I understand that there are different phases in retirement, there are your go-go years. Those are the early years, you know, when you can pretty much get out and do whatever you wanted to do. You know, you're healthy, you're active, you want to maybe cross a few things off the bucket list. And then there are your slow-go years. Those are the years in which, you know, you still get out and do a few things, maybe a lot of things, but you're a little slower than you used to. And there are some things that you just can't do. I mean, vacation spots. I mean, Europe's not built for wheelchairs and walkers, but you can still do a lot of things. Those are your slow-go years. And then when you get later on in life, those are your no-go years. You can't do too much of anything. You can 
still get around, but you know, there are a lot of things that you can't do. So how do you help someone enjoy their go-go years while being mindful of their slow-go and their no-go years? Yeah, as I think about that, uh, the go-go years and the slow-go years both can be uh, rather expensive because uh, during your go-go years, uh, maybe you like to hike and, and maybe you like to be very active and do those kinds of things and, and travel and so forth. So that's great. I'm mindful of the fact that money in your 60s is probably more valuable than money in your 90s when you're in your no-go years because you're able to do stuff. During your slow-go years, okay, maybe you can't hike, but maybe you can go on that Viking uh, river cruise for a month in Europe. And so, again, it can be very expensive. And so when we're planning for these kinds of things, we want to plan for the lifestyle you want to lead. And so we're looking at, okay, the money's in, you know, money in your 60s and 70s is very critical to that question because I don't have to be as concerned with the no-go years as far as you know, travel and so forth. Uh, maybe you're done traveling and, and you're, you're concentrated on healthcare costs. So we've already addressed in, in the last segment healthcare costs as it relates to your no-go years. But your go-go and your slow-go, whoa, we, we might need some money for that to, to live the, the way we want to live. And so I do look at money in those years differently when I'm putting together a financial plan than I do the no-go years. Brian, when you think about the amount of money, as you pointed out, in the go-go years can be very different than the slow-go years and the no-go years. It occurs to me that maybe the go-go years might be a little more expensive. Do you front-load expenses to account for that, or is it just sort of an even budget for those three periods of life? Well, you certainly would front-load expenses uh, in a properly done plan if you thought that was going to be the case. I've done a lot of plans where we kind of figure out what it takes to be us, and then we might say, all right, we're going to add you know, 30000 a year as a line item for travel for the next 12 years. You know, Okay, just plug that one right in there, and that's, that's what we'll do. So that's how we front-load that. It's also important to match the inflows, the income, to those years too. So rather than saying, oh, gee, I'm going to wait uh, 15 years to turn on my annuities. I'm going to wait till age 70 for my Social Security. I'm just going to wait, 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 wait. Well, uh, maybe money in your 60s is more valuable than money in your 90s. And so uh, even on paper, uh, though on paper it might look better to wait, uh, your lifestyle dictates that you need that money earlier to live the lifestyle you want to live. So we absolutely look at pairing the income that's coming in, the timing of that uh, as it relates to when you're planning on spending, and maybe upping the spending in those years where we need to have more available to live the lifestyle we want to live. Brian, I've got a question for you. How do you put together a plan when your expectations may change throughout your retirement life? Right. I mean, and we've talked about the seven steps, but we, we also look at the, the different things that money can do, investments can do. They can grow, they can be provide cash flow, they can be secure, they can be, have tax savings, they can be liquid. So we always have to make sure we have enough liquidity and excess money in there. And one of the things that we do when we run a plan is we don't run best case scenarios. I've seen these done where, you know, they'll project, you know, I don't know, 15% a year return or, you know, exaggerating there but just really crazy stuff they didn't uh they didn't put in tax increases down the road for instance when you have to start your required minimum distributions or they they didn't have high enough tax rates or didn't have it in there at all or whatever it's kind of off-the-shelf plans that are missing something and you can miss your retirement if you if you get a variable wrong and so we certainly overestimate expenses typically 
and underestimate income just so that, uh, you know, under promise and over deliver is kind of the, the motto I like to do. When I look at a, a plan that we ran maybe three years ago and compare it to today, uh, very often they'll say, wow, it's, it's a lot better than what you projected. And I'm like, well, that's by design. And oh, by the way, we went through COVID and, and inflation and recession during that time too. And we're better off than we even projected. So it's really important to be realistic and have that flexibility uh, built in there. Make sure we have enough liquidity, uh, other assets. I certainly turn away money uh, when people come to me and they say, well, I don't know if I should invest this cash I've got. Well, I, I just ask them, are you going to spend any of it in the next three years? Well, probably. Well, then don't give it to me to invest. Have that available to spend. Well, I don't know if I'm going to for sure. That's okay. Have that available to spend for those three years. So these are some of the conversations we'd have so that we could be flexible. Brian, just a few minutes ago, you talked about matching income. Would you say that during your go-go years, you want to be a little bit more aggressive in terms of your investment strategies versus your slow-go years, and especially then when you get to your no-go years where you may want just total safety? Yeah, I mean, there, there certainly could be that. But if, if you design it right, I've had a lot of my older clients go, you know, we've got, uh, as I just mentioned, we've gone through COVID, we went through a recession, we went through inflation, and I'm fine. I don't really need to take a lot of risk off because you've already done that. And that's where we match those objectives, as I mentioned before, growth, liquidity, cash flow, security, and tax savings. If they're at the right balance, uh, pretty much whatever, you know, we're hoping that whatever's thrown at us, we're going to be okay. Now, certainly, uh, as I, I was talking about lifestyle planning as it relates to cash flow, not everybody looks at that. And when I say not everybody looks at that, I'm talking about what I've seen out there. Let's say I'm I'm an advisor and you go to my seminar and, and all I talk about is is certain strategies and it ends up being an annuity. Well, an annuity is a product that can produce a certain result and it can be a very important part of an integrated financial plan. But if that's all you have, then ooh, we, we may be missing something here. Or let's say you just do the stock market and you say, Where, where's my income going to come from? And they say, your dividends. And I say, okay, well, what, what is the S&P 500 paying dividends? Well, 1% to 2%. What's your fee? One to two percent. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to exactly live on if that's my math equation here? Yeah, you know. And so that's why I was talking about all these different places to get cash flow, whether it's your universal life policy for tax-free cash flow, the fixed index annuity with increasing cash flow for life, or the again the active or passive real estate, Delaware statutory trust, equity REITs, debt REITs, et cetera, et cetera. There are a lot of different buckets we can be pulling income from. And doing the Social Security planning, of course, is, is very important in that, uh, picking the right time to, to turn it on and why and knowing all of that. So uh, certainly as we look at the go-go years and the so-go years, pairing the cash flow up, but having alternatives, having all the tools in the toolbox to pick from to make that happen is imperative. And that may be uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's why a lot of people come to see us to get a financial plan done because they're thinking, well, the person I go to doesn't really have access to all this stuff you're talking about, Brian. Thanks, Brian. That's a lot of great information. For our listeners who are hardworking individuals that want to reward themselves with some incredible go-go years, 
Take a moment, if you will, and imagine what those years could look like for you. Are you on a beach somewhere? Are you touring Italy or someplace else great in Europe? Maybe you're in an RV touring the national parks. Whatever your dream looks like, chances are that it's going to take a well-rooted plan to help get you there. You know, retirement planning gets complicated, which is why we want to invite you today to schedule a call with our advisors and CPAs at Madrona Financial and CPAs so you can have a conversational analysis, what we call the rooted wealth analysis, and discover what you're doing right and what may need to be adjusted to help you prepare and enjoy those go-go years. Yeah, Jeff, I just want to interject here that one of the things I love about what I do is it's not just a one-off. So I'm not just going, hey, I met you, I gave you dinner, I sold you an annuity, see you, have a nice life. You know, it's not that at all. We get to walk alongside our our clients uh, throughout the years, throughout their their go-go years and their slow-go years, and and we update the financial plans. Uh, you know, it's important to get that first one done. Of course, an updated will or living trust, durable power of attorney, all that kind of thing. But to walk alongside them, updating their plans, looking at their taxes year by year, coming up with strategies, being there to answer the questions when they come up, those really important financial decisions that need to be made. Uh, just adding to their um, their well-being, just their mental well-being, know, knowing that they've taken care of their the seven steps to successful retirement, their plans in place, they're going through the years, they're doing just fine. That is so rewarding to us as financial advisors because we have access to everything, including the tax side, of course, uh, but to have access to all of that and walk alongside our clients. So I just want to interject, it's not a one and done kind of thing. This is a, re- a long-term relationship we're looking for with our clients that uh, when it's a good fit and uh, it's really rewarding from our end as well as uh, certainly from the clients. Remember that even the mightiest of trees fall because their roots aren't deep enough. If you want a well-rooted plan that's designed to take on the financial storms that seem to be on their way, then schedule a 30-minute call with our CPAs and advisors at Madrona Financial and CPAs. Just go to madronafinancial.com, click on the button that says Get Started to request your no-cost 30-minute call so you can discuss what you want and gain insight as to what it's going to take in order to design a plan that can sustain yourself and your wealth for 30-plus years. All you've got to do is go to madronafinancial.com and click on the button that says get started today. Our advisors and CPAs are available to help you take the seven steps towards your successful retirement. Brian, just a few more moments left in the program today. What do you want people to remember? What are the takeaways about our conversation today about the three mistakes that people can make when it comes to a surviving spouse and health care costs in retirement? I think just uh, looking at it from a, you know, when I started the show today, I, I said, well, it's a financial planning show, but it's also might uh, be helping with your marriage. Because again, I, I, I want to just uh, have people picture that feeling they have when they know that, uh, you know, and just personally, if I'm taking care of my spouse after I'm not here anymore, and I'm not destroying my kid's motivation because I've had the right trust and I have an updated will and, and so forth, and things are going to go right. I have my cash flow planned out, uh, my protection plan, tax plan, health care, gifting, legacy, growth. I've got all those taken care of and, and they've been addressed and I know that I come back every year and we update them and review them and just having that, that sense of well-being is so critical to having a good life, I, I, I believe, especially when it relates to having your finances in the right place. So our show was about making sure you have all that, but with a particular emphasis 
on the second to die. And, and ladies, uh, if you're listening, uh, statistically, 80% of the time, that's going to be you. And so we want to make sure that you are addressed uh, specifically with any of these financial plans that we're doing. Brian, well said. There's a lot of great information on today's show. And again, if our listeners have missed any part of it or they just want to hear it all over again, we are a podcast. We have more than 300 episodes there. All you've got to do is go to wherever you get great podcasts, search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, and there is bound to be a podcast that applies to you. Once again, it's Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Brian, I want to thank you for your time today and the great information. But most of all, I want to thank our listeners for joining us. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out, have a great weekend in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes.